What is going on, everybody out there in podcast land? Welcome to the latest episode of Sports Frenzy 2.0. I am the maestro, Kevin Crane. I have a question for you. How is it possible to get a cold when there is blistering 90-plus degree heat just outside the window here at the Sports Frenzy Studios? Well, the conquistador is down for the count. And as you can tell, I'm barely hanging on. This is what happens when you are together in a truck cab as you start your festival of live music for 2023 this past Friday night. Of course, that means check out the weekend edition where we will have a review. I will have a review for you of Foreigner and Loverboy. But of course, he was sick. Got me sick. I don't know if he got Mrs. C sick. Took a couple days to manifest, but I definitely have the ick now. So you'll have to bear with me as I try to give you the best possible content I can here on July the 26th, dropping Thursday morning, July the 27th, 2023. We don't break promises around here at Sports Frenzy. We promise you a new episode every Thursday morning, every Saturday morning, and that is what you're going to get, goddammit. Even if I have to get through all this with a box of tissues, over-the-counter flu, cold medicine, and have to limit my beer intake, I am still going to give you the best possible show that I can because you deserve it. Faithful Sports Frenzy listeners out there. So let us get into the week that was in the world of sports. Even though we're not into the NFL season quite yet, this was such an eventful week for the NFL. We're going to start off with professional football. The sale of the Washington Commanders has been approved. Group led by Josh Harris will now take over from Daniel Snyder, and I think all of us whether we are Washington fans or not, if we're just football fans, are happy beyond belief to get Daniel Snyder the hell out of town. Oh, and by the way, very nice little parting gesture, a parting gift, if you will, from the NFL, a $60 million fine for Mr. Snyder on his way out the door. Vote was unanimous. The sale of the Washington Commanders, $6.05 billion, with a B, billion dollars. Now, of course, right away, we're hearing rumors of name changes again. I don't know how I feel about that. Be kind of silly to change the name here just a couple years after the last name change, but I get it. The commanders, like the guardians in baseball, 
they ju- the names just suck. They just suck. So we'll see what happens here with the new ownership group for the Washington football team, now known as, of course, the Commanders. But again, great news that Daniel Snyder is gone. We've got some news in terms of high-profile quarterbacks recovering from injuries. There was a lot of questions about these two guys. A lot. Would they be ready to play for the regular season? What would their teams do, their respective teams do, if they were not ready? Well, good news on both fronts for the Las Vegas Raiders and the San Francisco 49ers. Jimmy Garoppolo passes his physical. He will not be on the pup list. And San Francisco, this one's a little bit more shocking. We'd heard rumblings and rumors that Jimmy G, maybe that foot hadn't healed completely, but this one kind of blows my mind. He will be on a pitch count, as they say, sharing time on off days with Trey Lance and Sam Darnold. But last year's Cinderella story, Brock Purdy has been cleared to practice with no limitations. I think it's great news. I am not a San Francisco 49ers fan by any stretch. I do like the team as it's currently constructed. I just hated that that old team with Joe Montana, Bill Walsh, the arrogance. Sometimes it gets boring, and we'll discuss this later on when we get to racing. It gets boring when a team dominates. And the 49ers dominated for a a good six, seven stretch, seven-year stretch. And then they ran up against the Cowboys, who dominated for about a four or five-year stretch. Now, you can say what you want about the Patriots. I don't think the Patriots, even though they won all those Super Bowls, dominated. Because they lost a lot of Super Bowls. The thing was, they dominated the AFC. They pretty much were a lock to get to the Super Bowl. But once they got there, it was pretty much a coin toss as to whether or not they were going to win. But what I'm saying is it gets boring. When the same team, the same person, you could talk about tennis, you can talk about, again, driving, which we'll discuss in the next segment. You need a little bit of variety. You need to mix things up a little bit. So I like this San Francisco team now with the underdog, Brock Purdy. With the great defense, John Lynch, of course, the general manager, coming from my beloved Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Smart, smart GM. Arguably the smartest general manager in the NFL. Has put together a fantastic team. Debo Samuel, Brendan Ayuk, George Kittle. Now with Christian McCaffrey in the backfield, how can you not be fascinated by this team, and along with the Philadelphia Eagles, put them 
basically just put those those two teams in just like last year put them into the NFC championship because honestly the rest of the NFC is trash the AFC completely different story the AFC is going to be a blast to watch the NFC not so much Then we move on to money. Money, money, money. Money! Right before training camps get really kicked up into high gear, lots of players signing deals. Short-term, long-term, relatively small money, and astronomical record-setting amounts of money. Let's start small work our way up shall we kids as if the baltimore ravens backfield situation wasn't convoluted enough and maybe i'm looking at this a little bit like a fantasy football player because i am but last year i got burned because i'd heard Oh, J.K. Dobbins has recovered completely from his knee surgery. He will be the man. He will take over in the backfield. And then it was just hit and miss who was going to carry the ball week in and week out. Gus Edwards. I don't trust John Harbaugh and that offense at all. I don't care if you're talking about the passing game or here with the running game. So now they bring in Melvin Gordon on a one-year $3.1 million deal. Again, muddies the waters. And, of course, all we've heard over the past week is the devaluing of the NFL running back. Well, here's the, the point of logic that I am falling back on. And there have been some sane voices in sports media who have who have put this forth as well. Football is a hard cap sport, but the cap keeps going up year after year, very generous increments because the sport is doing well. So the league bumps up the salary cap number very nicely for the players each and every year here recently. But the teams get to choose who gets the money. That's the thing. And if they choose not to spend it on running backs, that money's going somewhere else. This isn't baseball, where the owners, like the Oakland A's owner, or the Pittsburgh Pirates owners, or the Kansas City Royals owners, are partaking of revenue sharing and just hoarding the money and not spending it on the players, putting it back into the team. That's not how the NFL works. So this whining and bitching and pissing and moaning from the running backs is getting a little tiresome already. Because basically they want to take money away from the quarterbacks, or the stud defensive players, or the stud offensive linemen to pay them. Communism at its best. Spread the wealth. 
How dare you decide one position is not as important as the others? How dare you? So what's going to happen when the running backs, if they get their way, start getting paid more money, but that money's coming out of the pockets of other players on these teams? Again, if it was baseball, maybe you'd have an argument because of the inequity among the franchises. But for the most part, in the NFL, all the teams try to max out as best they can. Maybe they take a year or two off to regroup before they they push that number up to the, the salary cap limit. But somebody on that team's getting paid. And I'm just sorry it's not the running backs. But these teams are making these decisions to pay the players they're choosing to pay. And yes, it's most right now mostly the quarterbacks, as we'll get to in just a minute here. And speaking of which, little loophole in the franchise tag, wording, verbiage that a lot of us did not realize, because the deadline to sign anybody on the franchise tag to a long-term deal passed. But somehow Saquon Barkley and the New York Giants agree to a one-year $11 million contract. So the loophole is you can negotiate a one-year deal even if that deadline has passed. You still can't negotiate a multi-year deal. So cry me a river for Saquon Barkley. He's getting $11 million this year. Boo, freaking who? You had one year where you were completely and totally healthy here recently, Saquon. Yes, you were great, but let's not act like you have been Mr. Dependable throughout your career. Speaking of the Giants... See, this is what I'm talking about. They're valuing the offensive line over the running back. Very soon after the signing of Saquon Barkley on his one-year deal is announced, their offensive lineman, Andrew Thomas, gets a five-year, $117.5 million contract extension. Again, he's getting paid, Saquon's not. That is the Giants' choice as a business. They're choosing to pay this employee this position over that employee and his position. They have every right to do that. Oh, now the Cowboys, oh, you better go after the Cowboys now. Because Cowboys paid cornerback Trayvon Diggs five years and $97 million on his contract extension this week. Oh, how dare you? You cut Ezekiel Elliott after overpaying him because he was unproductive. 
I'll tell you, Ezekiel Elliott is a big part of the reason why guys like Saquon Barkley and Josh Jacobs aren't getting paid because Ezekiel Elliott did get paid and then underperformed. So Saquon, Josh Jacobs, go find Ezekiel Elliott. Read him the riot act because he's a big part of the reason why you guys aren't getting paid because Jerry Jones paid him and then he underperformed. That's why Tony Pollard is now the feature back in Dallas. But the biggest contract news of the week just hit here within the last 24 hours. Justin Herbert, Los Angeles Chargers quarterback, gets paid. So now Joe Burrow is next. Justin Herbert gets a five-year, $262.5 million extension making him per year the highest paid quarterback in the NFL. Do the math, kids. $52.5 million per year. Now, I like Justin Herbert a lot. But the problem is right now he's stuck with a bad head coach. He has not won a playoff game yet, and that's drawing a lot of criticism. So you just wonder. Now, Joe Burrow's talked about how he's willing to sacrifice to make sure T. Higgins gets paid, make sure the the other guys that he needs, the offensive linemen, they get paid. We'll see. How much you want to bet, news comes out within the next week, that Joe Burrow gets $53 million a year. How much you want to bet on that one? Then he becomes the highest paid quarterback in the NFL. It's a chess game, kids. It's a chess game. Then finally on the NFL front, more bad news in terms of gambling suspensions. Denver, defensive end, Ioma Yuazarike, suspended indefinitely. That's not good. If you're suspended indefinitely, you know what that means? You were betting on the NFL. And Roger Goodell and the NFL don't like that at all. So the indefinite suspension for Denver's defensive end, Ioma it was Arike, and of course, Sean Payton is mad about it, does not like the NFL doing this. Why would he like it? He's losing a major cog on his defense. And that's going to do it for segment one. I got through that one okay. I'm getting a little stuffed up. We'll take care of that during the promo break. We will come back with... Not a lot of baseball to talk about. Very mellow week in baseball, but next week, boy, will we have a lot to discuss as the trade deadline is looming. We've got NASCAR, of course, to discuss. Recapping Pocono, looking forward to Richmond. 
And of course, some dumbasses and some very significant moments of silence. So, two more segments left. I'm the Maestro. This is Sports Frenzy 2.0. We'll be right back. This episode of Sports Frenzy 2.0 is brought to you by the Bills Mafia Marital Aid Company. Because when you are down and out, we'll bring you back up and in the game. Sports Frenzy 2.0 on Spotify, Anchor, Google, Radio Public, Pocket Cast, Breaker, Apple, Overcast, CastBox, and Stitcher. All right, everybody. Welcome back. Sports Frenzy 2.0. With the maestro, Kevin Cranes, flying solo this week as we have some kind of illness running rampant through the Sports Frenzy family. The Conquistador down for the count. I'm barely hanging on, but I will get you through an hour, hour and 15 minutes of the best of the week that was in the world of sports. And of course, when we get to the dumbasses, the worst of the week that was. As I mentioned at the end of the last segment, not a lot to talk about in baseball. Um, last week we addressed the fact the Orioles overtook the Tampa Bay Rays in the AL East. The Rays are really struggling after a nuclear hot start. Uh, but the Orioles are looking great. Orioles are looking legit. We will see if they make any moves at the trade deadline, which is, of course, going to be the big news here over the next four or five days. And next Thursday morning, we will have all the trades, all the moves. We will recap them all for you on next week's episode. Talking about our local teams, the teams that we root for, the Chicago Cubs, my team, 49 and 51, trying to get back to 500. Third place in the NL Central, six and a half games behind the Milwaukee Brewers. As I record tonight, Wednesday, July the 26th, this will of course hit tomorrow morning, the 27th, on! Spotify, Google, Radio Public, Pocket Casts, Apple, Overcast, CastBox, Amazon, Audible, iHeartRadio, and for another month, our beloved Stitcher. So what are the Cubs going to do? Buyers, sellers, if recent history is any indication, they will screw over the Cubs fans like me and they will sell. Even though they're within striking distance of a wild card spot right now, their run differential is by far the best in the NL Central. The cowardly Ricketts family will once again take us back into the woodshed and show us who the boss is. He will deal Cody Bellinger. He will deal Marcus Stroman, guaranteed, because that's the kind of cynical bastard that I am. Now, good news is I've heard, of course, last night Kyle Hendricks pitched. 
not not the best game of his career, but he still won in the Crosstown Classic against the White Sox. Kyle Hendricks probably will not be dealt. The team does have a, a very reasonable option on him for 2024. And that's good news for me because I love Kyle Hendricks, one of my favorite all-time Cubs. But I don't want to see Cody Bellinger go. He's been a fantastic addition to this team. He has played like he did when he was an MVP with the Dodgers. Of course, people are going to argue and say, well, he's on a short-term deal. His value is sky high right now. Why don't you trade him? Because then you're giving up when you shouldn't give up. You shouldn't have given Ian Happ $20 million a year. How about that? Ian Happ, what a joke. What a joke. I don't care if his on-base percentage numbers look good. His power numbers are abysmal compared to what he was doing a couple, two, three years ago. Oh, but now he's figured out how to take walks. Yippee freaking Skippy. He's still only hitting 240-250. But no, Cody Bellinger, we got to get rid of him. Again, I'll say he's on, on fire, like nuclear fire. Do the whole Oppenheimer thing this week, right? Because... Oppenheimer and Barbie were the big hits at the box office. Cody Bellinger has been playing phenomenal baseball as of late. And of course, they'll end up trading him. Now, Stroman doesn't bother me as much. We've kind of seen the best and the worst of Marcus Stroman this year. And the minute you started to hear rumors about, oh, he could win the Cy Young. He's pitching so well. What happened? He came back down to earth, and now he's just been okay. And, of course, he's going to want a massive contract extension. He's going to want something in the range of, I would imagine, bare minimum, 25 to $30 million a year on a long-term deal. I wouldn't give it to him. So you want to trade Stroman, trade Stroman. But don't trade Bellinger. Don't tear up the bullpen. Because the minute you start doing that, you've again abandoned all hope for the Cubs fans. And then we got to go through another rebuild. What, do you think the Cubs are going to go after Shohei Otani? Ha, my ass. My ass. They're going to do the same thing this offseason that they've done the previous couple of offseasons ever since they, they ditched out on Rizzo and Schwarber and Baez and Bryant. They're going to sign guys to one-year deals like they did with Bellinger, Hosmer, Maybe throw an option in there, Mancini. And then they hope somebody like Bellinger gets hot and they trade him for younger players. Well, that's all fine and dandy. But when do the younger players start really showing up and performing so you don't have to worry about signing 
the aging veterans on one-year deals. Christopher Morrell, again, I'll say it again, so much fun because of Oppenheimer. When he was finally brought up from the miners, he was nuclear. Guess what? Kind of cooled off. He's had a meltdown. Now, he jacked a home run last night, but he was on pace to really, really set the world on fire. (laughs) There I go again. So, morale's fine. Steel is fine. So, you got nice young pieces there. But what about all these players that we acquired when we ditched Schwarber and when we ditched Bryant and when we ditched Rizzo? The kid who we got from uh, the Mets for Baez, what, Crow Armstrong? Where the hell is he? If he was so goddamn great, where the hell is he? Oh, there's no room in the outfield for him unless we trade Cody Bellinger because Ian Happ and Seiya Suzuki have already got two of the three outfield spots locked up. Bull crap. Of course, Dave's not here to talk about his White Sox, but of course, they lost to the Cubs last night. The White Sox, unfortunately, are definitely going to be sellers. It's just going to be a, a, a matter of which players they part with. 41-61 and 61 for the Chicago White Sox. Fourth place in the AL Central. Now they're double digits out. They're 12 games behind Minnesota. If you're after the All-Star break and you're double digits out, then you're a seller. If it wasn't for the pathetic Kansas City Royals, I shudder to think where the White Sox would be in that division. But again, we will have all the trade deadline news trade reviews for you on next week's episode. And then finally, to wrap up baseball, not the most impressive class to be inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame. Now, I love Fred McGriff, so I'm cool with that. Of course, the crime dog played for the Cubs, played very well for the Cubs, kind of traveled around a little bit. But I don't have a problem with Fred McGriff in the Hall of Fame. I do have a problem with Scott Rowland in the Hall of Fame, especially when you don't have Pete Rose, Barry Bonds, Sammy Sosa, Mark McGuire, any of those guys even being considered anymore for the Baseball Hall of Fame. Oh, did I mention Kurt Schilling? who didn't gamble, who didn't take steroids, but who has a political viewpoint that the voters don't like? What kind of bullshit is that? Is this the Academy Awards or is it the Baseball Hall of Fame? All right, let's move on to college football. Just like the NFL... Things are starting to gear up, ramp up, getting some news. Unfortunately, most of it is bad. 
shocking news that has broke over the last two, three days. Michigan head coach Jim Harbaugh might be looking at a four-game ban for recruiting violations. Now, four games could be a little tricky when, you know, you hear these laughable stories about how these schools will impose a one- or two-game ban on their coaches, whether it's in football or basketball, right at the beginning of the season when they're playing the cupcakes. But four games for Michigan, four games for Jim Harbaugh, you got to figure there's going to be at least one or two games in there could be a little dicey without one of the better head coaches in NCAA football around to guide his team. We will see if that actually comes down. We'll let you know the minute we can as soon as it happens. Rumors popping today. You figured it was a little too quiet when it came to teams moving around in college football. We heard about San Diego State two or three weeks ago, how they decided to stay in the Mountain West. Well, now, of course, with Deion Sanders, big man on campus in Colorado, now rumors are starting to circulate Again, that Colorado could be headed to the Big 12. Here locally, Notre Dame just getting ready to start practices for the upcoming season. Their strength and conditioning coach, Matt Bayless, has resigned for personal reasons. Not going to speculate on anything. Just a bad, bad timing situation for Notre Dame. Florida A&M. How about this? Considered putting this in with the dumbasses of the week. But until I know how much the school knew or didn't know, can't do it. Can't pull the trigger on it. That wouldn't be fair. An explicit rap video was filmed in the FAMU locker room without knowledge, supposedly, of the athletic staff. Nobody knows how the film crew, the rapper, got in there to film the video where, of course, they were wearing Florida A&M gear. And again, as I mentioned, it was explicit. Statement put out by FAMU. Again, the standard stock statement. This does not represent the core values of Florida A&M, blah, 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 blah. All football activities have been suspended pending further investigation. Now, in a sad turn, loosely connected to college football, 
Of course, we all know the awful, terrible, nasty story of one Aaron Hernandez. Florida tight end, paired with Rob Gronkowski with the New England Patriots, and then, of course, jailed on murder charges. Now, deceased. Well, his older brother, DJ, arrested, threatening possible shootings at UConn, threatening to kill anyone who profited off his brother. This is the kind of stuff where, again, we touch on this gun violence, mental health, when it arises, when it's appropriate on this show. Now, I know the Conquistador is a big Second Amendment advocate. I don't believe you have the right to take guns away from law-abiding citizens, but I am all for strict background checks, mental health background checks if needed. As we see here in this case, obviously DJ Hernandez should not be anywhere near a gun, a loaded weapon. So again, the saga of the Hernandez family continues to get worse and worse. Now another sad story. I hate to go from one sad story to another. You guys know, Dave and I, we are not fans of LeBron James in no way, shape, or form. But that does not mean that this story does not affect us and does not cloud our judgment as fathers. LeBron James' son, Bronny James, of course, starting out at USC, suffers cardiac arrest Now he is in thankfully stable condition. He is out of the ICU. Again, we can be cruel. We can be mean because we call things like we see them, but there are certain things that are universal. And no father would wish this kind of trauma on LeBron James. We hope Bronny makes a full recovery, and dare I say it, if it works out, hopefully they get to play together in the NBA. We'll call LeBron James out when he does stupid shit, which he tends to do a lot. But in this case, thoughts and prayers, Sports Frenzy 100% behind LeBron James, hoping that his son, Bronny, gets well soon. Then finally, to wrap up segment two here on Sports Frenzy 2.0. Sticking with the NBA, you want to talk about Justin Herbert's crazy deal 
from segment one. How about Jalen Brown of the Boston Celtics getting a super max deal? You thought five years, $262.5 million for Justin Herbert was crazy? How about five years, $304 million for Jalen Brown to stay with the Boston Celtics on a Supermax extension? You heard me right. Five years, $304 million. Yes, do the math. That is over $60 million a year. And I still don't know where these leagues, where these teams are finding this money. You want to say TV deals? You can say TV deals, but the way things are going with TV and streaming and the death of traditional cable, I just don't see this sustaining. I can't see this sustaining. Prices are going to start going up. People are going to start turning it off. And then these leagues are going to be stuck holding the bag for all these massive contract extensions. I'm just worried about the viability of these leagues in the long term when they do these crazy, crazy contracts like this. But that is going to do it for segment two. I know NASCAR's coming up in segment three. I've got a couple of our panel members waiting on their picks. So I want to try to give you all eight picks for the Cookout 400 at Richmond. So going to take a break here. Clear out all the phlegm and the snot so I can give you a phenomenal third segment with all of our NASCAR picks. Talk about the British Open. Moments of silence and dumb asses of the week. I am the maestro, Kevin Crane. One more segment left, kids, but it'll be a doozy. I'll be right back. Hi, my name is Kyrie Irving, NBA superstar of the Cleveland Cavaliers. I mean, the Boston Celtics. Whoops. Brooklyn Nets. Damn. Dallas Mavericks, and while I may leave a trail of wreckage wherever I go, I still like to spend my off time listening to Sports Frenzy on Spotify, Google, Radio Public, Pocket Cast, Apple, Overcast, CastBox, Stitcher, Amazon, and Audible. And if you don't like it, it's not my fault. It's your fault. Hell, nothing's ever my fault. Kyrie is never, ever wrong, people. All right, everybody. Third and final segment here, Sports Frenzy 2.0 with the maestro, Kevin Crane, as some kind of wicked disease tearing through the Sports Frenzy ranks. Conquistador is out. I'm on the verge of being out. But we're still going to plug along and get through this episode for you. Don't forget to check out the Weekend Edition, where I will have a review of our first 
concert of the 2023 Festival of Rock. Six straight weekends of rock shows to review on the weekend edition, starting with Foreigner and Loverboy this coming Saturday morning, July the 29th. I will have a review of the movie Fall for you. And I will review season 16 of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia and discuss Tacoma FD, Justified City Primeval, and What We Do in the Shadows. But sports. Let's focus back on sports for another 30 minutes or so. The British Open. Congratulations to Brian Harmon, shooting a 13-under, winning by six strokes, pretty much dominated the weekend. There were moments where you felt maybe, maybe he was going to fall back. Maybe John Rahm was going to step up. Maybe Rory McIlroy was going to step up. Jason Day. So Brian Harmon teased us on Saturday and on Sunday. He started off fairly fairly rough, fairly poorly, both Saturday and Sunday with bogeys. Within the first couple holes, both Saturday and Sunday, playing over par golf early on, but then he bounced back both days, kept everybody else at bay. So again, congratulations to Brian Harmon winning the British Open. Yes, we call it the British Open. We get it. Sometimes it's in Scotland, but we still call it the British Open. I'm not calling it the Open Championship. Brian Harmon, congrats again. Winning by six. Couple little notes, side notes. About the British Open, some fun stuff, because that's what we're all about here on Sports Frenzy, is fun stuff. Victor Hovland, of course, did not win his first major. He has been in contention now for the last two, three, four years. One of those up-and-comers. And unfortunately, we go another two, three, four years, then he's going to be the next Ricky Fowler. And this was not a good omen. This was not a good sign. A a seagull crapped on Victor Hovland's hand. I believe it was during Friday's round, maybe Thursday's. But yeah, a seagull took a dump. Perfect aim right on Victor Hovland's hand. And then I pay attention to advertising. I went to school for it, so I might focus in on ads a little bit more than others. How about that awesome PGA Tour Superstore ad featuring Carl Weathers as Chubbs from Happy Gilmore with his big fake arm and hand? (laughs) I got a kick out of that. I thought that was fun. Not very impressed anymore with most of the advertising that I see, even during the Super Bowl. But that one caught my eye. 
I did like that one very, very much. Congratulations to Jonas Vingegaard for winning the Tour de France. And I guess we have to give congratulations to Max Verstappen for winning his seventh straight Formula One race, the Hungarian Grand Prix. Now, remember when I started early on in this episode talking about the 49ers and how you don't like necessarily a dynasty, a team that dominates, a player that dominates, kind of sucks all the fun and the mystery out of it. And there are people who argue the complete 180 opposite, that it's great for sports. I say no. I like parody. When you get parody, a team that wins two or three titles, that's impressive. But this, Max Verstappen, already winning his seventh straight F1 race this year. This uh, F1 fans, put a, a comment on the Facebook page. Tell me why you still watch Formula One racing when you know goddamn well who's going to win each and every week. It's going to be Max Verstappen. Why are you watching? Why? It's Boring. Now, what's not boring is SRX racing. As I segue very gently into NASCAR and other racing. Race two in the SRX series. Now, they had to run at Stafford Springs for the second consecutive week because of flooding up in Vermont. They couldn't run at the track they originally wanted to up in Vermont. Catastrophic, terrible flooding up there. So Stafford Springs got to host not only the first, but the second SRX race of the year. And I called it last week. I called it last week. If it wasn't for lightning, If it wasn't for weather shortening last week's race, the SRX race number one at Stafford Springs, which Denny Hamlin won, he would not have won if they had run the full lap requirement. There's no way he would have held off Ryan Newman. Ryan Newman was coming. Ryan Newman has figured out at least at Stafford Springs how to run these SRX cars. Well, guess what? They ran the full race the second time around, and guess who won? Yes, Ryan Newman won. Now, Ryan Newman has got to have a stranglehold right now with two races down out of six among the eight full-time SRX drivers. He's got to be way out in the lead for the title this year, finishing second and then first. Got to have a pretty sizable lead over the other seven drivers for the SRX 2023 
season title. Now we move on to NASCAR. Justin Haley will be joining Rick Ware Racing in 2024. Full-time cup ride with Rick Ware for Justin Haley. Hopefully this will finally, hopefully get him up a level or two. You see this with guys like Corey LaJoy, Ryan Priest. They're they're getting opportunities now, but they've got to make the most of them. Because if they don't, they're going to be replaced. You've at least got to be as good as a guy like Michael McDowell, who has now been able to parlay some decent, consistent success into a possible spot at Stuart Haas Racing. Of course, those are just rumors right now. We'll see if they play out. But these young drivers are getting the opportunities now with big teams. They've got to start cashing it in and making the most of it. Now, of course, Pocono. Recapping the Pocono race. The Highpoint.com 400 this past Sunday. Once again, I'll say it. I told you so. One of the easiest picks of the year in racing is taking Denny Hamlin at Pocono. Yes, he had a victory taken away from him last year. But what did he do this year? Came right back and won at his, in my humble opinion, his best track. Look at the numbers. He will end up being far and away the all-time greatest driver at Pocono. William Byron, of course, had the pole. And then, of course, there's the complaints, the whining, the bitching, the pissing, the moaning about Denny Hamlin drove too hard when it was him and Kyle Larson. If you watch, now, I'm gonna, I'll, I will preface this by saying, Denny Hamlin is a whiny little bitch. When you race him hard, ask Ross Chastain. Denny doesn't like it. Denny doesn't like it when you race him hard. But when he races somebody hard, somehow it ends up being, oh, it's just racing. No big deal because I won. Now, I will say this year, this year's Pocono race, he didn't do that much. I didn't see there there was a big problem with how he and he raced Kyle Larson. Of course, Kyle Larson now, he's turned into a little whiny bitch. And he says, well, I guess I'm just going to have to race Denny differently from now on. <sighs> this is kind of what makes NASCAR fun and intriguing. 
is the back and forth between the drivers. Of course, we saw during the Pocono race, Austin Dillon throw his helmet at a car that he thought wrecked him. Shades of old school, what, Tony Stewart, Jimmy Spencer stuff. Here's the problem. Austin Dillon sucks. It's nobody's fault but Austin Dillon for the failures of Austin Dillon. Austin Dillon got handed a ride on a silver platter, got the golden ticket because he's related to the car owner. Nepotism at its finest. And he still barely, maybe, possibly is in contention for the playoffs every year. Not this year. He's going to have to win a race. There's no way he's pointing himself in. No way. But again, selfishly, congrats to Denny Hamlin for winning at Pocono because I picked it. That's two winners in a row for me and for the conquistador with Martin Truex and now Denny Hamlin at Pocono. So you might ask, you guys are hot, nuclear hot. Yes, another Oppenheimer reference. Who are you taking this week? Well, I can't give you the conquistador's pick because, again, he is sick. Still a couple hours before our pick deadline. He has not gotten his pick in yet. Amazingly, his wife, Mrs. C, hasn't got her pick in yet either. Hmm. It's a conspiracy to drive me crazy. But we have six RR8 panelists with their picks in. So let us tell you for race 22. July the 30th, 2023, who we're picking to win the cookout 400 at Richmond. Now, the elder statesman has had a phenomenal year in terms of points. He's got three wins. He is taking Christopher Bell. Now, on the flip side, Bill, the Big Blue W, has had a very poor year. He might not even make our version of the playoffs. And believe me, he's letting me know about it. He wants to change the rules. He wants to, it basically wants to give everybody a participation trophy and let everybody into the playoffs because it's just a nice thing to do. Hell no! But I'll tell you what, he's got the best pick of the week. Again, have not heard from Dave or Jen yet. I have a feeling Dave is going to have this pick as well. The Big Blue W. Bill Lazowski taking Martin Truex Jr. for Richmond. So we've got Bell. We've got Truex. Nick thinks that Kyle Larson will bounce back after his incident at Pocono with Denny Hamlin. I think that's a great pick as well. Kyle Larson for Nick. Doug taking Ross Chastain. He's been in a slump lately. 
he's locked in the playoffs due to having a win, and he will definitely finish in the top 30. But Doug thinks this is a bounce back for Ross Chastain. And then finally, Aaron, the big easy. Why not put his pick in with mine? Because they're the same picks. Great minds think alike. Aaron, along with me, the maestro, Kevin Crane, taking Kevin Happy Harvick to win his first race of the year. He's in good shape in terms of points. Pretty much a a lock to get in on points. It would take a disaster for him not to get in on points. But why not win a race to make sure you get to the playoffs? So Aaron and I take Kevin Harvick for the Cookout 400 at Richmond. Check out the Facebook page. Thursday night, July the 27th, I will post all the picks, including Dave and Jen's selections. All right, it is that time we have to discuss death, the passing of significant people in the world of sports. It looked like it was going to be, thankfully, a slow week until just a few days ago. Passing of Johnny Lujak, legend for the University of Notre Dame, Heisman Trophy winner, played for the Chicago Bears, of course. Thoughts and prayers to the family and the friends of Johnny Lujak. And then it's a shame Dave's not here, and I'm sure he'll talk more about this next week. Last night, watching the first game between the Cubs and the White Sox, we were told that Blackhawks owner Rocky Wirtz had passed away. And of course, he shepherded the team to three Stanley Cup titles. So a massive, massive loss in Blackhawks Nation. Owner Rocky Wirtz passes away. But of course, we have to pivot. We go from the sorrow, the condolences revolving around death and tragedy, to the morons and the idiots of the free world, especially the sports world. We have four dumbasses for you. It is time for the Red Forum and dumbasses of the week in the world of sports. So we just talked about the Hungarian Grand Prix, and I mentioned how much I hate the fact that Max Verstappen is dominating and making it boring, and I don't understand what the appeal is of watching an F1 race when you know Max Verstappen is going to win more often than not. Well, there's footage out there. If you watch the podium celebration, after Max Verstappen's victory at the Hungarian Grand Prix, fellow driver Lando Norris wasn't very happy. You know, they give them the the big champagne bottles, the massive 
champagne bottles that you take one of those you can kill somebody if you swing it and smack them upside the head those champagne bottles well lando norris you can tell deliberately takes his raises it up smashes it down on max verstappen's hungarian grand prix trophy and destroys it am i being a little harsh on Lando Norris, maybe. I kind of liked it. But at the same time, don't be a little spoiled brat, sore loser bitch. You got beat. You might not like it. You might be frustrated with it. Breaking the man's trophy? Not cool, dude. That's a dumbass move, in my humble opinion. Now, we've talked about this kind of stuff here in 2023. It seems like we talk about it each and every year on Sports Frenzy. Athletes getting injured doing high-risk sports or activities in the off-season. Now, you can argue with me on this one saying it wasn't his fault. There is inherent risk in driving a car, and you're not going to tell these high-priced athletes that they can't drive cars. Oh, we're not done with that, though, by the way. We'll have a little bit more on that in a few minutes. But for the Bills' Naheem Hines, who they acquired last year from the Colts, slated to be their number one all-purpose kick returner, punt returner, change of pace running back, Naheem Hines is out for the season already. Why, kids? A jet ski accident that tore up his knee. Now he was hit by another jet ski. So you can you can chastise me for putting him on the list of dumbasses of the week. But again, when you're making this kind of money, Again, I know you're going to drive your car to work at home and and go out to the grocery store and there's nothing you can do about it if some idiot hits you, T-bones you, and injures you. I get that. But if I'm making this kind of money, I'm not going out on a jet ski. I can do that in 10 years when I'm in my late 30s, early 40s, and I'm retired and I've banked all that money. And then if I tear up my knee because some moron hits me on a jet ski, I'm okay. I'm covered. And it's not going to detract from my earning ability. It's not going to detract from my chance to win a Super Bowl or contribute to my team so they can win a Super Bowl. I still don't like it when high-priced athletes, yes, I'm talking to you, Chase Elliott, put themselves in these positions. Wait until your earning days are over. Then you can go out on a jet ski, shoot heroin while you're banging a prostitute. Okay? But don't do it when you've got this small window of opportunity to make big-time bank. It's just a dumbass move.
speaking of driving, as I mentioned, nobody's going to tell these guys that they can't drive to the grocery store, take their kids to school. But maybe in some cases, we should tell them they can't. Vikings rookie wide receiver Jordan Addison cited for going 140 miles an hour in a 55 mile per hour zone. Oh, but what was his excuse? There was a dog emergency. There was something wrong with his dog. Now, I don't believe the dog was in the car with him. That brings up a whole other set of issues. So let's say the dog is not in the car with him as he's going 140 miles an hour. He's trying to get to his dog. So maybe he can take the dog to the emergency veterinary clinic. But here's my question. How did he know his dog was having an emergency? Did somebody call him and tell him this? Well, then why couldn't the person who called him and told him that there was a dog emergency take the goddamn dog to the emergency vet clinic? Why did Jordan Addison feel the need to put lives in danger by going 140 miles an hour Dumbass stuff going here all around. Jordan Addison, dumbass. And if somebody did call him to tell him his dog was having emergency issues, they're dumbasses for not just taking the dog to an emergency clinic. And then finally, our final dumbass of the week, let's stick with professional football. Now, I'm not going to call out Colts safety Rodney Thomas II, but I'm going to call out his dumbass father, Rodney Thomas I. By the way, that's the, the biggest pretentious bullshit move of all time. How arrogant do you have to be to say, well, I don't want to give my child a unique name so they can form their own identity I'm just going to give them my name, and they'll be number two, or junior, or number three. Look at George Foreman. As nice of a guy as he seems to be, naming all his kids George, what an arrogant move that was. But I digress. The father of cold safety, Rodney Thomas, the second. In trouble for killing a bald eagle, poaching a bald eagle near Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Now, protections for bald eagles have been relaxed as they've come off the endangered species list, but still, hopefully, federal guidelines will kick in because local guidelines just call for a small fine but federal guidelines for poaching a bald eagle are much more strict. So in the end, hunters, don't get mad at me. You can go kill all the deer you want. I don't care. 
but a bald eagle, even though they are not endangered anymore, still a symbol of this country, still a majestic, beautiful animal that you should not be hunting, poaching, killing. I hope the feds come down on Rodney Thomas the first. And that's going to do it for Sports Frenzy 2.0. Hope you guys enjoyed it. I got through it, had a blast. Now I'm going to have to take some nighttime cold medicine and conk out. I'll be taping the weekend edition tomorrow night for your enjoyment on Saturday morning, July the 29th. Hope the conquistador gets better. Hope I get better. Hope you're doing good. Hope you're doing fine. Survive the heat if you're in the middle of this massive heat wave traversing the country. Love you guys. As always, appreciative that you listen each and every week. Dave and I will be back next week. Take care.